Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. Uh, I am Matt Harmon and like, the world, I mean, the world is really shaken up right now. You know, normally we have Scott, we have Liz here. Um, Scott is following a treasure map he found on the back of the Declaration of Independence. That's what Brett wrote on the on the rundown. I don't know what that means, but Scott is not here. I think that's the <laughs> plot of movie National Treasure, which I, a movie I have not seen. Yeah, I haven't seen. I I enjoy Nick Cage's work in several films, but uh, not I haven't seen that one. In other in other news, Liz, of course, is not here, and I'm not I'm not going to normally I normally I take. Uh, some jokes about Liz being too famous for the podcast, but I'm going to give her props for sticking it out for a long time today on our on our halftime with Harmon stream where we did a little cooking, a little holiday gift advice, and she she was a trooper, but she could not make it out for this one because uh, she's not feeling well. But that does mean I'm joined by Dalton Del Don, Dalton, the Harmon and, and Dalton show, uh, two weeks in a row or two pods in a row. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Um. I have not seen it, but I'm told the movie Mandy by Nick Cage is good. I've moved it up my, my, I don't know if you've seen this, but it's supposedly a crazy Nick Cage movie, but Mandy's at the top of my list. Have you guys heard of this movie? I, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Um, I've heard the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I will, I rem- just will never forget the experience of watching Vampire's Kiss and just constantly saying like, oh my God, like it can't. And then my friend Alex being like, no, 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 it gets crazier. And I'm like, I can't believe it, but it always got crazier i mean kick uh, nick nick cage is definitely a mad genius but uh we will jump right into the nfl action because i mean i guess there's a lot to talk about but uh it will we'll, we'll see how we feel dalton well let's jump into tomorrow's headlines today So I'll actually start us here, and my headline of the day is Vikings offense really changed uh, for me for the better uh, without John Filippo. Dalton, I feel like you and I talked about this uh, on the Thursday podcast, and I feel like you can you can tell me if you disagree, but I feel like a lot of what we said would happen did happen on the Thursday podcast with this Vikings offense. It looked like they came out with a clear commitment to the ground game. Dalvin Cook had some nice runs early on. Uh, I saw this on Twitter from Chad Graff. Uh, He is a Minnesota Vikings writer for The Athletic, uh, and he noted that under John DeFilippo, the Vikings ran play action on 18.6% of their dropbacks, and today under Kevin Stefanski, they ran play action on 32% of their dropbacks. Now, they clearly were playing with positive game script, but Dalvin Cook 
Cook looked really good to me. Uh, he finishes the day with 19 carries, which is the highest he's seen since the early part of 2017. Two rushing touchdowns, just looked in the zone all day. I mean, Latavius Murray even got in the action, 15 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. Dalton, what was your reaction seeing a, a very different-looking Vikings offense today? Yeah, I believe it's their first victory over a, a, a team with a winning record this season. And Dalvin yep. Cook, just watching him, you said it. A couple of those runs just looked so sick, and I just felt so dumb not having them in every DFS lineup because the setup was there, obvious, you know, touchdown favorites at home, a get-right game. Even Latavius Murray got in on the action, which, you know, is part of the reason I didn't make Cook a slam-dunk top-five guy, but it didn't matter. They both ate. Um, I had Thielen ranked too high. The Dolphins had been getting killed by the slot, and he saw just two targets without Xavier Howard. I mean, they didn't need him, obviously. Tyler Conklin led the team in receiving, but Lord Aldrich got in the mix, but... Um, yeah, Dalvin Cook looked great, and I just felt like a fool not having him in, in all my DFS lineups. Yeah, Adam Thielen, pretty sneaky over the last three weeks, really hasn't been all that hot. Yeah. He has one yeah. the one touchdown against New England, but 28 yards, 70 yards, 19 yards in this game. Um, you know, he's a guy that I, I had on a few of my fantasy teams that made it to the playoffs, but, you know, this sputter at the end certainly contributed to my ousting, my ousting in several spots. But yeah, Stefan Diggs scores a touchdown, so if you played him, that's good for you. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would think that this is the team the Vikings want to be. You know, they go out and they spend all this money on the quarterback position, which, again, I, I think is the right move. But it, it's clear they want to be a defense run based attack. So I think going into 2019, that's that's got to be pretty good news for Dalvin Cook. Yeah, no, he's definitely going to be moving up draft boards. It looks like. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice to see them finally play well. It's just frustrating that it took this long. But man, uh, really impressive. I mean, Dalvin Cook, I know he had one of the highest recorded game speeds and one of those long mm-hmm. carries earlier this season. And just that cutback today was one of the biggest wow moments of the day for me just watching. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the good news is we will get to see I mean, I guess depending on your perspective, the good news is that we will get to see more of the Vikings because it, it looks like they're going to get a playoff spot. Uh, maybe a team that looks more like this will actually compete with some of these bigger dogs in the NFC playoff race. But yeah. Dalton, let's jump right into your headline, which also has to do with a running back who's catching fire late in the season. Yeah, before I, okay, I want to talk about a couple things. First, I just want to say that it's just misery. Nice to join you on Sunday night, but just, I don't know if it's like you, but it's just miserable watching football these days. I, I mean, <laughs> the thing that sticks out the most to me, it's just from beginning to end, just pure misery. The thing I remember the most is, is just I hyped Leonard Fournette. I yeah. used him in DFS. I ranked, I ranked him aggressively. I had Jacksonville. I know this is going to sound crazy, but as the lone loss in a five-team teaser today, they, they just needed to win outright. I had just faith in Kessler not being a total abomination, and just that was just ugly. I liked the setup mm-hmm. and just just terrible for net. I mean, he almost broke one at the very end, and then have it turn around. That was just well something that stuck out today. But hey, at least I ranked Robert Foster high higher than than most, so at least I had that going for me. But the other thing I want to talk about, other than Fournette, which I got. Huge swing and miss. I was with you on that one. I was with you on that one. Huge swing and miss. But Derrick Henry, you know, I didn't really feel like it was chasing points coming off last week's game because the Giants have just been getting totally, totally gashed by by running backs over the last five weeks or so. And and over the, you know, Henry's good for the goal line score anyway. But dude, now he's over 400 rushing yards Mm. and what, six touchdowns over the last two weeks. (laughs) He's second in the NFL in yards per carry after contact, I think it's just Nick Chubb is, is the only one better than him. He's just a beast. I don't know how much you watched of Henry today, but I, um, I had a decision in a PPR league in the playoffs. I went with Matt Breida over him, and I obviously oh, really regretted that. Yeah. Luckily, in the fishbowl, I do have Henry, along with Damian Williams and the aforementioned Robert Foster. So that, that's been fun, the fishbowl. Too bad there's no, uh, no huge prize at the end. But um, 
So anyway, Derrick Henry is just going crazy. Now he's at home, what, Saturday against Washington. He'll definitely be in my top 10 oh, yeah. week 16. The biggest fantasy factor in the fantasy playoffs, arguably, has and will be Derrick Henry. Pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, wild. I mean, he gets one target, catches it for zero yards, but 33 carries today. And look, I mean, I did, I did see a decent amount of Derrick Henry today. I will always tell this story. When it comes to Derrick Henry, um, watching him in his rookie preseason, uh, my my good buddy Matt Franchise, Matt Franciscovich from NFL Network, uh, he's working for EA Sports now. We went to a Dave Matthews concert. I think it was week three of the preseason. Don't give me that look, Brett. We go to a Dave Matthews concert. We come back to the hotel, pop on NFL Network. And I mean, I'm not going to say we were totally sober at this point, but the point remains that we we see this marvelous massive beast of a running back wearing number two for the Titans, just destroying Oakland. And, and ever since then, I've been convinced that no matter what evidence is presented to me on the NFL field, I still believe that that marvel of a running man is somewhere inside Derrick Henry. And look, we've seen it the last two weeks. The question is, is he this, is he the new centerpiece of the, of the Titans offense? Is this just two fluky weeks. I mean, obviously the matchup was there today, but but where where do we see Derrick Henry going into 2019? That's that's the question to me. First of all, I would give you a hard time for the DMB concert, but I uh, myself you know what? Whatever. Do a, I'm not going to I'm not going to take uh, I'm not going to take any any smack from you guys for Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews is good. He's fun in concert. I won't have it. I won't have it. This is the hottest take of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to a few myself back in the day, so I cannot speak. I mean, I, I care to admit that myself. Um, <laughs> concert, they are not. Yeah, it's not the worst. I will say that. Um, anyway, better late than never with Henry, right? I mean, he just looks so good. I, you'd like to see him more involved as a receiver. But right now, so much is going to change between now and next year. But I don't know. It's seemingly in the 10 to 15 range or maybe even higher. I mean, if he finishes strong, I mean, the, obviously a beast at the goal line. And maybe people will be more excited with players like Corey Davis making a further leap in that system. So I could see... Henry being really, I mean, I mean, he's still in his prime. I know there's some worry about running backs that size have never really been that successful for a sustained period at the NFL level, but man, he just sure looks good. And again, better late than ever with him. Yeah, he'll be a, a pretty hotly debated player over the summer, I imagine. And I, you know, I, I've been wanting to buy into the Titans all year. Um, it's glad I'm, you know, I'm glad that we're seeing the, their team again that we might see in the postseason. So we'll get more data. We'll collect more information on Derrick Henry and we will inform you all, our trusted listeners. Um, you know, but beyond Derrick Henry, there were a lot of surprise running backs among the top scorers, you know, pulling it up right now. I mean, I mean, freaking Tevin Coleman, man, like talk about another guy better late than never, but it is definitely late here. He's running back seven with over 20 points. Uh, he's a guy who's been really disappointing. And I was willing to say he'd still be the same guy this week, despite the matchup, but the matchup won out. Uh, they crush Arizona at home, do the Atlanta Falcons 14 to uh, 40 to 14. Got Kalen Balaj up there, obviously an injury situation, but the interesting, interesting one to me was Marlon Mack at running back five. Now, I didn't think about this going in, but Liz made a good point to me this afternoon that this was Ryan Kelly's first game back as the starting center. Um, that certainly seemed to mm. make a difference for the Indianapolis Colts as they took on it. I mean, they smoked Dallas. It was a very impressive win on the Colts side. Yeah, I, I buried Mack in my running back rank, ranks. His Cowboys have been by far the stingiest defense against fantasy backs over the last five weeks. But obviously that was a, a mistake. Even though we kind of liked the Colts in this spot, my partner, I used him in the super contest. Dallas had what, won five games in a row, didn't have a ton to play for seemingly. But man, I, yeah, Ryan Kelly, nice call. Whatever it was, Mack looked like an absolute beast. Uh, 
Colts look great. Now they have, what, a home matchup against the Giants. As I said, they've been getting ran all over. So uh, love him as an RB1 start next week, too. So, yeah, Marlon Mack, a great, great surprise. And if you asked me, I probably would have recommended to bench him in this matchup yeah. today. I-, I think a lot of people would have been right there with you. I mean, Dallas was giving up under four yards per carry. Uh, Jalen Smith, Leighton Vanderesh, obviously playing really well. Their defensive line goes pretty deep and is versatile there. So, I mean, with I, I think that, you know, process-wise, obviously Liz noted that offensive line health boost, but uh, that was something I overlooked coming into this game. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a great game for Marlon Mack, who I, I think has played pretty well this year. I think he's a guy that, again, if we're talking about this offense and this team in the Colts, who I, I think the Colts are good. I really like Frank Reich. I really like the way this team sets up, especially they, they have a defense to go along with the offense. I think Mac will be, he'll be that guy that like in best ball drafts, he'll start around like maybe a third or fourth round pick or something. But I could really see taking a leap into like the high second round by the time all is said and done in August drafts. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a little bit too hot of a take, but that, that's kind of what I think about him. No, I could see it too with the way Luck's been playing. I mean, I, I, I eyed the Colts at 100 to 1 to win the Super Bowl about a month back, and I'm kicking myself for not mm. throwing a little down on that because they seem like a dangerous, dangerous team for sure. So I'm with you there. One of the guys I wanted to mention on that you, you talked about was Tevin Coleman. <clears throat> I did move him up the ranks this morning, banged up Ito. Um, third most running backs, you know, uh, points to, to fancy points to running opposing running backs, the Cardinals, but not high enough. He looked great. Where has this been all year? Yeah. He's arguably been one of the worst running backs on the field this season, but really took took advantage of that matchup today, Coleman. So kudos to you if you had him in your lineup. Yeah, if a team pays him big money in free agency, they'll be putting on the tape of this game for sure. Last headline we'll talk about quarterbacks. You know, as, as much as we're talking about some of these surprise running backs, there were a lot of quarterbacks that really disappointed. Uh, only one quarterback went over 20 fantasy points in the Sunday games. Uh, three of the top five guys were a Thursday night quarterback and then two uh, Saturday games. Uh, Dalton, how much Saturday football did you watch yesterday? Um, I watched most of the first game, but um, I, I don't know. I'm a degenerate, so I had some action. Yeah, so I watched a decent course. amount. How about your, how about your, how about yourself? <laughs> I caught. I'll, I'll admit to being out at brunch on uh, for the first Saturday no, of game. Yeah, brunch. Yeah, but of course. Uh, I, brunch, I, I, of course. I, yes, of course. Yeah, listen, listen. I'm a young, young single man out in the town. Uh, I got to do what I got to do here uh, on on the Saturday brunch scene uh, here in L.A. But I did see a good amount of the Broncos brands, and I should say like. I'm not that cool. Like I eventually rewatched the Jets uh, game, the Jets and Texans game. So, I mean, if I wasn't watching it live, I'm going to see it eventually. But my the point stands. I, I did think that Broncos Browns game was really interesting, but neither of the quarterbacks there were, were in the top. Uh, were in the top five. So some of these guys like Matt Ryan is, is the QB one uh, at 25 points. Uh, Josh Allen continues to be a top five passer and Mitchell Trubisky also up there, too. I mean, it was just a strange quarterback day as well. Yep. Saturday games real quick. Robbie Anderson's a baller and I hope he sees more targets next year. I love that guy. Um, uh, the, one of the problems with the quarterbacks today is this New England-Pittsburgh game with over-under 56.5 scoring 27 points. I mean, that, that's yeah. the problem with the, the QBs there. Um, it worked for me because um, I like paying down for them at, on DFS. My guy, Nick Mullins, just had the most passing yards in a season against the Seahawks since Pete yeah. Carroll took over. Do you know how he's getting 9.1 YPA at home this season? I mean, maybe it's all the scheme, but whatever it is, I mean, Mullins getting it done and it remains uh, continually cheap in DFS. So, yeah, it was one of those weeks, and um, really, running backs paid the bills for sure. Quarterback you know what's, was not the way to go. You know what stood out to me watching Nick Mullins, and and this is a thing that 
CJ Beathard kind of ran into this too, but he more like sought out contact in a way. But Nick Mullins was taking some freaking shots back there, man. Yeah. He was getting drilled. I love, I love that guy. I really, really like yeah. watching Nick Mullins play. Um, I, I realize obviously he'll be the backup quarterback there uh, in San Francisco when Jimmy G comes back next year. But yeah, I mean, you got to respect this system really churning out guys. You know, Josh Johnson too, QB one there on the fringe. Yeah. I think he might get passed, but he's QB 12 right now. But you mentioned Robbie Anderson, and this is a little bit of a side tangent, but we're watching the Eagles and the Rams on Sunday night football right now. Do you remember the rumor that came across the uh, the the wire after the trade deadline that the Eagles were really involved with the Jets to try to trade for Robbie Anderson? Could you imagine if they had pulled that move off? That would have been such a better fit for what the Eagles offense needs right now rather than yes. Golden Tate. Yeah, they already had Aguilar in the slot. Yeah, it made yeah. no sense. Yeah, oh, Anderson, if aggressive, if a healthy Wentz, I would have loved to have seen that. That would have been great for sure. Real quick, back to the 49ers, man. They just cost Nick Bosa. I don't know. Are you big? Are you in college? Like, should I have been bummed <laughs> that they cost my favorite team the number one pick? Because, I mean, I just, you know, I just read much. I'm not, obviously, Bosa's been hurt, but yeah. do you have an opinion on that? I, I don't really know who stands out as the, as the number one pick right now. I know Bosa's obviously the name to know. The thing with the 49ers, man, is like, they're an interesting team. We can turn this into the 49ers podcast right now, which as I mentioned up top, like I'm sick of talking about bad teams, but the 49ers are interesting. They're an actually, they're an interesting organization. They've made so many picks there on the front seven, whether it's Solomon Thomas, you know, uh, DeForest Buckner, who's really, really good. Like they've made oh, all these a beast they've, today. They've yeah. made all these front seven picks. Do they really then go with the top pick in the draft, go for another front seven potential difference maker? I mean, Thomas hasn't really worked out for them so far, but they are an interesting team because they don't need a quarterback. Their offense, do you think they're set on offense at the skill position players? Because, I mean, Breida and Wilson, those guys have played well. They have McKinnon coming back, who, like, everybody forgets about. Do they add another wide receiver, though, because they have Marquise Goodwin cheap? They have Dante Pettis, George Kittle, kind of the engine. They're a team that could go a lot of different directions with one of these high picks, so I don't necessarily hate the fact that they've lost uh, uh, the shot at the top one. Yeah, they have a ton of money to spend, a cap, but I don't think they necessarily go get some big white. I don't think it's where Shanahan would want to no, go. Pettis, no. it's weird that he set all these records um, for, for punt or kick returns, punt returns in college, but he's not even returning kicks. But I, more importantly for real life, he's emerged as a possible real good receiver. So he's not even just out of the slot to playing Z and the X. So I think yep. that they mostly stand pat and maybe add a younger guy. But yeah, with Pettis and Goodwin, who I still really like with um, Jimmy G. I mean, do you know that Kittle before today was on pace to set the record for yards by a tight end? So was um, Kelsey. But man, where how high is Kittle going to go if he, he gets 1,350 yards receiving his year two in the NFL with Jimmy G coming back and some, some interesting young pieces there in San Francisco? Yeah, as much as like we're coming into this podcast, like Ugh, football, whatever, but like watching, watching the guy like George Kittle play the game it's like that is life-giving like let's see let's see more of that let's see some fun stuff like that really good blocker yeah. Really good blocker, too, is a thing. I mean, it's not just fantasy. Like, he's a, he's, that dude's like, it's crazy. He went to the fifth round. I was just reading a, a, an athletic column. I guess basically the, the, his college coaches in Iowa just totally trashed him, and that's why he fell to the fifth, I guess, because his measurables were, like, out of control. It was like, yeah, his side of Saquon Barkley, he was, like, the best. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, he's the man, Kittle. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Um, yeah, I, I love watching George Kittle play. But yeah, that is enough 49, 49ers talk for week 15 fantasy football podcast. But like I said, really, really interesting team and uh, curious to see what happens with them next. You mentioned that New England Pittsburgh game. That was definitely a bit of a disappointment when it came to the box score. Um, I was I was hard on Tom Brady uh, for for a DFS starts. Julian Edelman was a guy I anchored my lineup with that didn't yeah. work out. Yeah, the uh, I mean, Josh Allen continues to be a top five quarterback. It's a, it's a very 
very funny position, the fantasy football quarterback. Um, but we will move on to our at me segment where you all let us th- let us know uh, basically like who let you down the most today. Don't at me, bro. I couldn't tell if Brett was mad at me for railroading the uh, the damn sound drop there. But uh, I'm just trying not to cut people off. <laughs> Being respectful tonight. Oh, wow. I got gotcha. you. I really appreciate that. Um, so the first one comes in from at Manny O Junior 11. Nice. I, that one r- ran well. Um, is he when and he says Lamar, Lamar, Lamar. Is he talking about Lamar Miller or Lamar Jackson? I would, I would guess Jackson. I mean, I guess you're disappointed in Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's QB nine on the week. He has 16.7 points. I don't see why you'd be too disappointed in a freaking quarterback who ran for 95 yards. Okay. Then Lamar Miller. Ah, oh, well, yeah, I hear you. I hear you, Matt. Yeah. Miller left hurt and uh, Jackson. Yeah. 95 rushing yards. Exactly. What more? He threw a TD too. Yeah. What more can you really, I mean, I guess it was a really nice matchup, but I watched the game mix that has eight, eight on at once. And this was the one that got the short shift and I'm glad it did, frankly. So I honestly didn't watch much of this one. Yeah, I mean, I think if if it's Lamar Miller, like, let me just tell you something, Manny, and, and this is on my radar because, you know, Melvin Gordon put it, put this apology tweet out to his fantasy owners for being hurt or whatever, which I thought was kind of, I mean, I, I don't know, it's kind of cool, I guess, like, it's nice when, I guess it's nice when fan, if when players are not totally openly hostile to fantasy players, um, because, you know, fantasy is a big part of why the NFL is so popular, whatever. But like, I also like Melvin, not, not necessary, bro. Like, yeah. don't, don't feed into these psychos. Uh, like then people respond to that, like, where, where the hell is Keenan Allen's apology? And like, this guy's pissed about Lamar, Lamar Miller being hurt. Like, come back to reality. These are, these are humans. Give him, give me a break with this. Like, Definitely, if Lamar, if if Melvin Gordon wants to put out this little apology, that's fine. I guess it was cool. Like we made some stupid graphic for it on on social media. You work for the social media, yeah, department. but I'm not in charge of I'm not in charge of graphics. Anything that's graphics, that's not me. <laughs> um, but I I don't know. Whatever. Point being, don't be demanding these players apologize for uh, when they're hurt. That's that's not a, that's not your business. Yeah, I hear you. I'm with you. I liked I liked that uh, Melvin Gordon did that, but I totally understand what you're saying. Feeding the trolls. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like I said, it was cool to see. It's, it's nice to see them just not like openly hostile. Which, as long as we're good to them, they'll be good to us. Just remember that. You know, put put it into the universe what you want to get out of it. Uh, Hoover heard ats us, and he ats us just a gif of Andrew Luck. So he obviously did not get much great out of there. And I mean, that's just pretty simply like game script. I, I mean, you know, we talking about Marlon yeah. Mack dominating earlier. That's just going to be the way it is if, if the other team is not going to put up any points in the Dallas Cowboys that's what's going to happen to your fantasy quarterback yep I liked luck I ranked uh, Hilton aggressively thought he would avoid Byron Jones mostly and as I said I thought the Cowboys have been shutting down the run and it just didn't go that way and obviously it's bad luck when your quarterback also pitches a shutout I thought the Cowboys would at least show somewhat of a fight but total this game games I mean Andrew Luck has 19 touchdown passes in six home games entering today so I mean you're obviously going to start him it's just just bad luck bad timing Dalton, you know, on that point, like, I think that honestly, the thing that sometimes like there's so much we talk about these games, we dig into the minutiae, but sometimes with football, man, I think the smartest thing you can say is just happens. And that's what happened with Andrew Luck today. Like, so remember that fantasy analyst, as much as we talk, we can talk ourselves three different ways about the process and what things happen. Sometimes with the NFL happens. Yep, for sure. I, I think also the one one thing that people are not going to just be able to write off is uh, Saquon Barkley's uh, fantasy performance today. And uh, our friend here uh, ats us and just said he's at Yahur Jr. Horrible Quan Bark choke. I mean, this guy, this guy's pissed. He's giving him like this kind of lame nickname here. 
Yeah, I mean, just watching that game, there's a third and three call. They're they're running 20-yard outs to Russell Shepard. It's goal line. Eli's taking seven-step drops and then fades to the back of the end zone, totally ignoring Barkley. It's infuriating. I mean, I believe me. I feel you, man. I had him going. It's it's very frustrating. And Eli Manning is the only reason but a re- real legitimate one why Barkley possibly wouldn't go number one in drafts next year. I mean, clearly the best running back in football right now by a wide margin. But, yeah, it's annoying. The usage partially up. Ten targets was nice, but... Yards per carry, obviously not the greatest matchup, but a real, a real letdown in a very important week. Yeah, but but Dalton, the the Giants are are going to bring Eli Manning back as their starter next year. Do you hear about that? That's why I said he's the reason that I'm most worried to not make Barkley the number one overall pick. Exactly. Oh, that, him playing relatively well these toward the end of the year is really bad news for this franchise next year. Dude, it's such a joke. I, I can't even believe that. That makes me furious. And sticking in the NFC East, at Douglas 2 uh, says that Dak and Cooper in my DFS lineups. This was definitely disappointing to me. I mean, I even thought Michael freaking Gallup would make for a good sleeper this week because of his air yards, because of the potential high-scoring script here. Dallas didn't show up to play, man. And uh, if any of us counted on Cowboys, uh, we got we got blanked here. This this was rough. This is not. I mean, I didn't. I I hesitate to buy into Dallas as a team because I find them so exhausting, and I think they like believe their own hype and all this stuff. This was a very troubling performance from Dallas, especially as they will still likely march on to a playoff run. Yeah, in our Thursday pod, I did note that Indy has totally shut down the perimeter receivers. That was my yeah. one concern yep. with Gallup and, and Cooper. But I didn't see the shutout coming. I mean, man, you're right. They just didn't show up. And the really frustrating thing is like a Cooper. I use Cooper in DFS as well. And Dak, and if you're a Dak owner, was they couldn't even capitalize on a total on a garbage time drive at the end. Indy was obviously playing softer and, and, and prevent. And I mean, obviously, they wanted the shutout, but couldn't even get any garbage time yards. So super frustrating if you're a Dak or Cooper owner. Yeah, man, I should have listened to you more about the indie perimeter coverage that was a that was a whiff by me on Gallup. that was pretty bad people were definitely no he he didn't he didn't cost much or anything he was a fine flyer i mean like he was expensive or anything yeah give me a break people people are chirping at me on twitter about it but it is what it is you get you win some you lose some let's jump right into our last section today our lightning round pickup section dalton why don't you start us off what do you think about uh kaylin balage after a frank gore injury down there in miami I told you Gore was going to get hurt. No, seriously, man. It took long <laughs> enough. I hope, I hope, too bad, man. I, I feel bad for it. This is the end for Frank Gore. Um, I hope he's all right. But if he is obviously done for the year, then sure, at home against Jacksonville, if he's the new lead back, I mean, as much as I like Drake, uh, if they don't treat him as a feature back. So sure, Balazs would be an option. What did you think about Balazs coming into the NFL? Did you have any thoughts on him as a college player? He was no. Some, no, nothing there? No, I don't watch it. I'm seriously not a college guy. I, I form opinions afterward and I just read up. What about yourself? Well, I read negative things. I remember reading negative things, actually, uh, on people that I trusted. I believe I, I don't think liked him. Yeah, the, the rap on him was that he's obviously a big, physically imposing, gifted runner, but definitely like consistency. He didn't even start for his own college team. I mean, so that's never a good sign from a prospect profile perspective, but A lot of raw materials there. I mean, he was productive today just from a bottom line standpoint on his 12 carries. He went for over 100 yards. So he will be someone that people pick up. But yeah, I I certainly do not want to be counting on him in any sort of like meaningful fantasy playoff matchup. If if you're playing DFS, maybe that's something. But he's a one percenter. So he will be somebody that that gets picked up this week. Uh, As you mentioned, a lot of concerns in the profile there. Someone Jamal Williams is back in our lives because we haven't even talked about it yet. But Aaron Jones suffered. I don't know. if Do we know any more about exactly what happened? It looked like he missed the rest of the game after leaving with a knee injury. Um, And Jamal Williams, a 15 percenter, makes it into 
into the end zone. Um, he's someone that's now back in our lives. Yeah, it's funny. Fantasy Pros had me write a couple blurbs because of the two players I was less bullish on in the industry this week uh, was Aaron Jones and Lamar Miller. But so I was just so uh, I had the foresight death. that they were going to both. Yeah, what a foresight that they were going to go down right. So and obviously just dumb luck there. But uh, not luck. I didn't want him to get hurt, obviously. But if he is out, it sounds like it's the same injury that cost him two to four weeks um, previously. So sure, as, as uninspiring as Jamal Williams is against the Jets, he, I mean, he's definitely a viable RB2 or at minimum a flex in that offense. So although that offense, I mean, it's certainly not has not been cured with Mike McCarthy gone. They believe it's a, a sprained MCL and might be it for him for the season. I, I would imagine yeah, so. Probably. But I mean, that's good news, though, because coming into next year, he's another one that uh, will be really will be really popular in, in fantasy circles. Yeah, next year. yeah. Uh, Jamal Williams. Yeah, good though, news. You didn't tear it. Yeah. Jamal Williams, though, it's worth noting, you know, from a bottom again, bottom line perspective, 12 carries, 55 yards, a touchdown and four catches for 42 yards. I mean, easily his best performance of the season coming off the bench. So as you mentioned, he will be a very popular play next week. OK, next one on the list. And this is your guy, Robert Foster, 13 percent the Buffalo Bills leading receiver. You know, Kelvin Benjamin gets bounced. People start get, talking themselves into Zay Jones. But nah, it's in Robert Foster that's taking the boost here. Yeah, I ranked him inside my top 30 wide receivers this week, and I looked at others, and like a lot of people don't have him in the 70, and I, I thought I was crazy. I'm like, I'm just going to stick with it. And then in this game, he has a 50-yard PI early, then a 50-yard uh, yard catch, like barely out of bounds. And I'm like, oh, process, right? Process. <laughs> Meanwhile, I wanted to fade I want to fade Kenny Galladay because, you know, Tredavious White and this horrible, you know, the situation in Detroit running the slow thing. And he balls out. I love Galladay, the player. He's making these incredible catch after incredible catch, like really difficult, like with guys draped on him, tough coverage. And I'm like, process, process, but really frustrating. But anyway, Foster did end up catching the touchdown. It's four out of five games now, 90 plus yards. The targets you'd like to see higher, but this kid can obviously play former recruit in Alabama and all that. And Josh Allen has the arm to go downfield. So I like him. And he came, he came through in this situation. Thank, thankfully, uh, facing Mike Ford help, helped on, on the Detroit side. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I think it's really funny, the Kenny Galladay thing, especially like, he, you know, he ran into such a bad stretch of cornerback matchups. Uh, and this was a bad oh, yeah. cornerback matchup here, too. But eventually that volume is going to cur- find its find a way to correct itself. And that is what we saw this week. Rex Burkhead, 19 percenter on this list. I mean, he's involved. He's not doing too, too, too much, but uh, he is back out there. Do you have any interest in Rex Burkhead? No, what do you have? Seven touches today. So no, not yeah, really. No. Of care. all them, you know, I have the least interest of Burkhead. Don't care. No. But in that same game, James Washington, man, finally made some plays and talk about opinions about college prospects. I did have some opinions on James Washington as a wide receiver. We saw him make a tough contested catch today. And I know we haven't seen that much at the NFL level, but that's what he was known for. Man, back at uh, OSU, Oklahoma State, he was the best contested catch prospect uh, I've ever charted in reception perception, 88% on the sample targets that I had there. Yeah, I mean, that was that was his trump card trait like you. You could just see he he knows how to track the deep ball. He's very, very good at that. Mason Rudolph definitely threw some ugly deep balls that James Washington adjusted really well to. We just haven't seen that to this point outside of a few preseason showings here in the game, the games when they started counting. I mean, James Washington was like made a healthy scratch sometimes, made some absolutely, you know, dumbfounding plays at different points for the Steelers. But he gets the Saints next week. Theoretically, then that should be a high scoring game. Uh, do you have any interest in, in James Washington as like a deep league flyer or maybe a DFS play next week? 
First of all, Matt, thank you for talking me out of placing uh, Juju ahead of Antonio Brown in my ranks in the last <laughs> in the last time we talked. Uh, Juju not coming through this time, although Jalen Samuels did. His day could have been bigger, but yeah. he, he did look good. But yeah, well, you're talking me into James Washington. Those in- interesting stuff. I mean, those are uh, I did not realize that. And certainly against the Saints, that could be a shootout. So if you're in a spot, there are certainly worse uh, flyers in, in deep leagues for a flex. Yeah, I, I just hope we see more of him next year because, again, I think he's got a lot of potential. We just haven't seen. I mean, before this, he was so frustrating to the coaching yes. staff. Justin Hunter, I mean, he was an inactive, a healthy scratch. I'm Justin Hunter on that was it a oh, Thursday yeah. night game. He was like getting like two targets in the end zone and was going deep and then he tore his shoulder or whatever he did. So it took an injury for Washington to even get back in the opportunity. But clearly the talent, as you as you've said, is, is there. Yeah, there's something there. So I hope we just see more of that. But uh, you will not be hearing any more of this podcast because it's uh, it's just about over. Uh, this this is a really fun over. show, Dalton. I really enjoy, I really enjoyed chatting with you tonight. But before we go, I do want to say one thing. Uh, our college football experts, Dan Wetzel, Pat Forty, and Pete Thamel, will be doing a live edition of the Yahoo Sports College pod college football is just yahoo sports college college podcast man these guys are so good we're just doing just one damn sport here these guys are covering everything the yahoo sports college podcast the friday before the national championship game at the uproar brewing company in san jose california that uh that sounds like a a nice little treat there uh the show is free to attend there'll be tons of prizes giveaways beer specials custom brews for both playoff teams i mean if you don't go if you're if you're in the area and you don't go, you're a chump. I'm telling you that right now. After I'm reading this description, I'm trying to go up there. Uh, go to yahoosports.com slash college podcast to RSVP and get more info. That's yahoosports.com slash college podcast. Dalton, I know I just said uh, you're a chump if you don't go, but like you're pretty close. Are you going to try and make this? Yeah, you know, I said I don't follow college too much, but this time of year, I actually do. I'm in those college bowl, a couple confidence pools. So I do, you know, there's money on the line, as I said, degenerate. So I do, I do follow the, <laughs> do follow college nowadays. So I am kind of close to San Jose. So maybe I'll make a trip over there. I mean, yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, beer specials. I mean, that's usually all it takes to get, uh, get Harmon to go anywhere. So, uh, <laughs> all right, Dalton, well, this has been a, this has been a ton of fun. You'll be back on the Thursday podcast. Me, I mean, I don't even know what to say about me anymore. Like maybe I will be, maybe I won't be. It's who's to say it's anyone's guess. But in the meantime, spread the word on social media about the show. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Continue to tune into us, yahoo.com slash fantasy football. Week 16, we're going all the way through. We are almost there. I am Matt Harmon underscore BYB on Twitter, and that is at Dalton Del Don. Win big, and we're out of here. 